After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast, recording this on a Thursday night, immediately following game number five of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Celtics forcing a game six in Miami after being down 3-0 in this series. They survive yet again. We've got a lot to go over on the podcast today. I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. How you doing, Mo? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Good. I, I don't understand this weird energy you have right now. No, I'm just, I'm just, um, we were saying in our pre-pre-show. Yeah. I was like, yeah, basketball never stops. Like, so excited. Love it. Love, love it. After a game like this, it's kind of like, oh, I just wanted Miami to like already end it. I kind of wanted it to be like the finals. Like I was ready for it. Now that it's two games like this for the Celtics, back-to-back games, big wins, put Miami out. We'll talk about why and how and all those things. It's like, okay, I believe a little more. You know, it doesn't feel fluky. When they were dead looking in game three, dead, right? Miami had to just win one more game, boom, call it a day. It was like, oh, I want this to be over. And... Now that the Celtics have come back, like after last game, I kind of thought it was a fluke. After this second comeback game, if you want to call it a comeback, I mean, they started off the game. They never lost the lead. So, no, it's not a comeback game. It's just like, are they the real deal? Are they going to change history? This is crazy. It is. It's getting a little bit crazier. And now my emotions are just everywhere. The Celtics are back, Morgan. Oh. These are the Celtics. Oh. Welcome to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay. Damn. They're playing their best basketball. They're playing like a team who deserves to be in the finals right now. And it's not a discredit to 
Miami at all. No. We knew going into the series, Boston had more talent. They had three-point shooting. They just had more weapons, especially with all the injuries that have plagued Miami. Added another one tonight with Gabe Vincent not playing with the ankle. Mm. I just felt like they didn't have the firepower. But you're right. I think that the thing that's messing with us right now what is, is what we witnessed in game three where it was like, oh, they quit and they're down 3-0. They're thinking Cancun. They're going on vacation. Soon. They're thinking, who are they firing? Yeah. How are they doing it? I'm yes. done here. Who are we trading? All those things were going on. And everyone, well, Celtics mind, yes. I don't know what happened in the locker room. I don't know if anything. Maybe it was just, hey, we're down 3-0. Let's go. But whatever transpired they look like a different team the last couple of games and it to me it starts defensively yes it's one thing that miss shots but with them they're such a team if they're getting stops they're getting out and running pushing the pace swinging the ball around then it's all all the energy's there and it, ju- it just completely goes their way and i felt like tonight they just did a fantastic job of their on-ball pressure they were switching when they needed to switch. The steals tonight, Morgan, they had 13 steals as a team. Miami ends up with 16 turnovers in this game that turned into 27 points. It was turnover, push and transition, three. Yeah. And and you you talk about, like, everyone wants to talk about, you know, Celtics, they're just, they're making their shots now. But there's a reason why they're making their shots. And it's exactly to what you just said, Deuce. The way that they're playing defense, the way that they're getting those steals, the way that they're going into those threes, whether it's in transition, whether it's just whipping that ball around the perimeter. They're doing a fantastic job with their ball movement the last two games. Just crisp and precise. And everyone on that team looks so much better. I mean, you could put together almost any team. Any team looks better when the ball is moving around, right? Sure. I mean, that is how the game should be executed, how it can be executed at a high level um, playing team basketball like that. So, yeah, Celtics defense leading to their offense, but it's not only just in transition. It's kind of like you said, it's the mindset. It's the way that it's getting a different type of energy, a different type of flow into their entire game. And, it, yeah, it feels like the real deal. Well, the other thing they did a great job with tonight, offensive glass. They had 12 offensive rebounds, turned into 17 second-chance points. They were doing a great job crashing from the corners, being aggressive, and those are just so demoralizing. I think there was one in the first quarter when Miami was kind of hanging, getting back in and hanging in there, and it was just devastating. Horford got... A uh, second chance, missed on a chance to score inside, got the rebound, swings it to the corner to Smart, who swung it for an open three, and you're just like, oh, those are backbreaking, multiple opportunities, and their guys are knocking them down. And I, when you look at the first few games of the series, you're like, Boston's not making any threes, and Miami's making everything. <laughs> yep. Well, now we're starting to see what it kind of looked like in the regular season where Miami wasn't a good offensive team. And what do you know tonight? They were nine of 23 from three. And then on the other side, Boston, we know they could space the floor, knock down threes. They hit 16 of 39 tonight. You had Brown three of five. Tatum was one of six, but finished with 21 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds. You had Derek white knock down six of eight from three. And then Marcus smart, Bounce back yep. in a big way. And what do you know? When Marcus Smart scores, 
It looks a little better for Boston. He finished with 23 points. He knocked down four of six from downtown. And he had five of those 13 steals for mm. the team, right? I Amazing. mean, Amazing. Yeah, you look at the way that that was probably re-energizing him to play a different way on the offensive end going into his three-point shot as well. So, yeah, uh, Boston Celtics... They, they look great. I mean, look at the the even scoring all around. You know, you have Al Horford, who isn't knocking down any threes in this game. 0 for 3, but he's rebounding the ball. 11 rebounds, uh, passing the ball around. 5 assists, you know, yep. making that defense collapse. Making them have to do so much more. And then on the defensive end, you look at what he does against Bam. Um, especially when Dude. they try to run all these two-man actions with Bam. They just, Al Horford and squad have slowed it down. I'm so glad you brought Bam up because Boston did a hell of a job on Bam. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Horford tonight, Tatum had a, some big time moments on him where Bam's trying to post him up. He was making him work. There was another point where Bam has the ball in transition. He's pushing with the ball, puts the ball in attack mode. Tatum comes over as the help defender. Last second, rips the ball away, forcing him into mistakes. I thought Tatum did a hell of a job on Bam, and Bam had another rough game, and he got it going a little bit in the third quarter, but he had five turnovers. I mean, but you talk about it being, Jason Tatum absolutely was right there, but, you know, Al Horford being aggressive with him, but then you also saw guys come over and help, swipe at the ball. There was just so much more activity, like them understanding, um, how to slow the heat down offensively. And they did a great job of that. And Jimmy Butler, again, different type of body language. When 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 I say that, I'm not acting like it's so noticeable. Oh, my God, set the tone. Where are you, Jimmy? But you could tell by the third quarter it wasn't going to go the other way. And if you don't have all of your guys on board with a different type of pep in their step after that halftime, you know it's not going to go in a different type of way when you get in that big of a hole. And Bam, along with Jimmy Butler, did not play in that fourth quarter. They just go, yeah, we're just going to rest him. Get yep. him ready for a big game six on the home floor. Uh, other things tonight, Gabe Vincent did not play, as we mentioned, and that was significant loss. One, he's such a good defender, on ball, in the pick and roll, smart guy, high IQ, doesn't make a ton of mistakes, and is a threat from beyond the arc. The guy who replaced him, you go, oh, you got Kyle Lowry, but... This ain't the same old Kyle Lowry. He has been pretty ineffective in this series when he's played. He got the starting nod in this one. He had five points, and I believe he ended with at least four turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double-check that here. Double-check that. He had four oh, four God. turnovers okay. and one assist in this game. Wow. So he was rough in this one. Jimmy... Hey, I'll give Derek Weiss some credit. There have been times where Jimmy's done a great job being able to get him on pump fakes, turnaround jumpers, and Derek White was not buying at the pump fakes. Mm-mm. He was showing why he made the all-defensive team. So, look, now we go to a game six, and I know we've never seen a team in NBA history come back from 3-0, Morgan, <laughs> but like we were talking about last last night, chat or last game recap, this feels a little different just based on where Miami was in the regular season, where Boston was, and Miami being a bit shorthanded. Miami playing above expectations in the playoffs, Boston playing below expectations here in the conference finals, that it didn't seem crazy if Boston just kind of took one game, just played their game, that they could get back in the series. They're back in the series now. And you you say that, and I I can totally see why 
that makes sense. But at the same time, you know, I'm, there's times that I truly am one of those people where I believe in momentum and, um, who has the upper hand and all those things. And when you saw Miami in this postseason and then in this series going up 3-0, it was, it was like, this is them. They're not going to change. Okay, they're going to have one game like that against Boston. They're going to have a second. Can they really, really, and I'm talking about the Heat right now, can yeah. they really not flick the switch and change back to their Heat mentality, Heat culture? All Again, I, I think there's so much. It's when, a switch. When it's, no, because when a team loses, we always, oh, there's a switch. Bam could play better for sure. This is Boston, Morgan. I guess, this is peak Boston. But, this is Boston. But the Heat aren't even matching their physicality. But, They're not in, in matching their intensity. And I'm like, is it because look they at thought the they weapons. had it? Just look at the weapons versus the weapons. Absolutely. And if you really want to be super critical, go back to game one and two where you go, Boston kind of collapsed in both those games at the end. They were in the game. It's not like they were getting completely trashed this whole series to be down 3-0. Game three was an absolute... One of those games you went, okay, it must be over if mm -hmm. this is how they're going to play. But games of one, one and two are close. And Boston just, I just look at them right now and I go, they've got all the firepower. No, you're, now, you're right. it's one game. Right, that's all though. you have to do. If you're Miami, that's all you think about. It's one game, you're back at home. In game one and two, you're right. It wasn't until like the end, yeah. really, that it was like, oh my God, it's Jimmy Butler time. The Heat, they know how to close out games. Turnovers, oh. Boston. Yes, oh. yeah. yes. And now you're not seeing that as much. Um I know you mentioned a little bit, but even for the Celtics being down a guy like Malcolm Brogdon, who only ended up playing eight minutes in this game, it's impressive that everyone's stepping up and they're stepping up to the challenge, understanding what's at stake. Now, I want to mention this because everyone wants to shit on Joe Missoula when they're down. Okay, this is fair. Three, and now you have a team that is rallying back. We, not we. A lot of people gave a lot of hate and firing conversations around Joe Missoula. And it's like, this is happening right in front of our eyes now, too. So what, are you going to praise him? No, just let him be a coach. Like, shit's going to happen, and it's going to look really bad at times. But when you know how to rally your team back and light a fire under their ass and get this out of them, when their backs are against the wall, I mean, hey, yeah, I, come I mean, on. He's a young coach, and that's what he's doing? And Give him the love. This is one of those moments where you learn about teams, right? We always talk about it. Backs against the wall. How are they going to perform? Al Horford was saying before the game today, I was reading something on The Athletic where he's like, we are, are at our best with our backs against the wall. Okay, 3-0, never <laughs> been done. But okay, we'll go, go ahead and try it. Looking yeah, like I it. don't know what was said post-game after game three, and I don't know what the conversations were like. Some of it, it's like, yeah, we could talk about uh, Missoula had some rallying cry, or maybe the players realized and looked in the mirror like, what can we do better? Absolutely. Whatever they did. It's working. It's working. It's, because, like, <laughs> so, let's say they had the game three performance and uh -huh. game one, and then the, the games two and three were kind of a mixed bag. There'd be some concern for sure, but game three left such a bad taste. I think in everybody's mouths. I mean, you were listening to podcasts, watching ESPN, and everyone talk about it. I was like, that was a joke. This is this team's done. There's no way they come back from mm -hmm. it. 
Yes, we just gotta have to let, let it play out because I think they do have a chance in this. They really have a chance, and I think I, I'm respecting the response after games game three. Do you think uh, he uh, Joe Mazzula saved his job? with these last two games alone. Uh, you know, I, I don't even want to go there because it's like, okay. let's see how the series ends. I, I mean, mean, if they lose game six by 40, did he save I his just, job? No. It's I mean, I just don't. so it was, it was pretty wild how, you know what? You know why I think it bothered me so much? Because I said this to you, I said, there's just certain organizations, there's yeah. certain franchises where people have these unrealistic standards. We've won championships. So you have to stay there. Only one team wins a championship every year, and most likely it's not going to be you every single year, especially when you look at the talent across the league. And it's just really, really hard to do. And so we, we, when we put these unrealistic standards on coaches after they get to an Eastern Conference Finals for their first year coaching, but it didn't look good in one game, and everyone's like... Not the right coach. It just and I understood all the all the other things that were factoring in. Like, hey, you got to better the the coaching staff in the offseason. You got to make tweaks. Still, completely can understand that. But it's just sometimes it's just too much for me. Too much. I think there's some legitimacy to conversation. And that, but I just said apart. there was there was things that factored yeah. in, but there's tweaks to be made. I think so. I think it's just like. But I also, to, to the larger point, yeah, it was on the players, too, like 100%. That's what I'm and saying. That's, that's the biggest thing. And they look different right now. Not only by making their shots, they look different on the defensive end, the way that they're staying active, being physical, getting up in guys, and understanding this is the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's go. Okay, now I'm pumped. Are you worried about Miami? Yes. And that's not, I, I hate, I think I have this weird connection to both teams. I, I think cause they have likable guys on both squads. Um, and when I look at Miami and I look at Jimmy Butler, I really want it for him. I really do. I, I love the way that he plays. I love what type of teammate he is. I love the whole undrafted stories for so many guys. <laughs> Eric Spolstra is always a solid coach each and every year and doesn't even get the respect all the time. Yeah, I, I am worried. Bring on game seven. I want a game seven. Well, now I do. I wanted it to be over, and now I'm like, okay, well, shit. Like, I'll take the game seven. Well, game six will be Saturday night at 530 on TNT. Morgan, the other team that is just chilling right now, the Denver Nuggets. Yep. Those Nuggets are just chilling back after wrapping up their series against the L.A. Lakers. And the conversation this week has been fascinating oh. because I think there's a portion of social media that's getting irritated. And even Charles Barkley brought this up. What did Charles say? The day after the series ended with the Lakers, most of the network time, most of the NBA conversation by these media pundits was about lebron james uh, is he really thinking about retiring when will he play you, you know we can I, talk about that all summer long guys when will he decide is what i meant to say I yeah mean, when will he play um he understood and i understand why it was so annoying yeah because it's so true like the nuggets deserve their respect um i do want to play a clip from chris mannix though okay chris mannix had something to say about the Nuggets that got a lot of attention today. Here's his breakdown of why they're maybe not getting that type of attention. And play is nobody talks about us. Nobody, you know, 
sp- spends airtime discussing us, column inches writing about us, because frankly, the Nuggets aren't very interesting. Like Nikola Jokic is arguably the best player in the game right now, but he's not someone that does a lot of interviews outside of the NBA mandated stuff. He's not going to see a lot of profiles on Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, great player, not especially interesting. Michael Porter Jr., excellent player, not especially interesting, at least not compared to what we have at the bottom of the playoff bracket where you've got drama in Los Angeles almost weekly. You've got the Suns. Can they succeed in this first year with Kevin Durant? The Warriors, all their dysfunction this year. The Clippers, can they get it together? The Nuggets problem is they're not respected. They're just not talked about. People just don't find them as interesting as some of the teams on the bottom half of the bracket. Because you you see, I guess what Stephen Adams doing more commercials than than Jokic. I mean, you're he certainly... doesn't want to do it. Like he he <laughs> j- look, it's a kind of a cliche, but he just wants to play. He wants to collect a check and he wants to help his team win. That, that's really all that's on his mind. That's it. Any given week, he's not. You don't see him doing endorsement deals. You remember when he won the MVP award? Both times, the Nuggets had to fly over to Serbia. To give it to him. He was out. He was gone. He was just hanging with his family back home uh, in in Europe. So it's it, they're just not a compelling team to talk about, mm-hmm. to write about, at least not as compelling as some of the other teams I mentioned. Okay. I, I'm so sorry, Deuce. I just have a couple things really quick. Um, a player eating a Snickers bar on a commercial it doesn't make them more compelling for me. It's actually what they can achieve on the basketball floor. Cause I, I don't know if you know, I love basketball. I don't give a shit what commercials they're doing to make me more excited about them. And one other point I just want to get across. I feel like there's some people out there who feel like there's the stars that are like um, popular top billboard music. And then there's the other players who are, just as good and it's just as good music but they're the indie music they're the music that not enough people are cool enough to even know about or could could you know find a way to to make a compelling story so steph curry is beyonce oh yes 100 percent perfect is oh he is i don't know any top indie (laughs) bands why would you know him Right. Yeah, yeah. Why would you? Because right. well, they're shoving Beyonce down your throat. But when there's music people that shove like more indie music my way, I'm like, yes. And so when bas- my whole point of this, when basketball people are finding ways to still push out basketball players that aren't the Beyonce's, that aren't just like always doing all the snicker commercials, like I still want, I'm just as interested and want to know about it. What? Yeah, but I think it goes to the larger problem with how they cover the game. Like, what do... You're saying national What do the national people cover? ESPN. Mm. A lot of times, it's the drama. Because the drama is sexy, right? But I think there has to be a balance to it where the drama needs to be highlighted, but it can't overpower the game. Yes, yes. there, it people like watching basketball. One hundred percent. No, but I think sometimes, based on this world we live on in with NBA conversation and what trends on Twitter and all that, it is the other stuff, right? It's the drama. It's a trade rumor. It's a tweet from a player. It's 
John Moran on IG. That's all the stuff that is leading the news, right? Leading the conversation. But if you watch the Denver Nuggets, watch a game, how do you not market that? That is basketball, how it should be played. Amen. Amen. You have a big guy in Jokic, who is this giant of a man who doesn't look like He's athletic at all, but does the most marvelous things on the floor. Look at what he did Utilizing in game four. his team, his teammates, because it's a team sport. Yeah, and in game four, hitting those shots over LeBron, over AD, where you're just slingshotting Magical. up there. He shares the ball. His teammates share the ball. They play hard. They've got likable characters. I'm just spending time on Jokic. Jamal Murray. His nickname is the Joker. And that's great too. But Jamal Murray, Deuce, you think about the way that that guy can just go off what he's been doing in the playoffs. I mean, how, oh, if you just like hoops, if that basketball is in your blood, why wouldn't you want to just sit down and break down tape and write about that? I'd read that shit. I think there's a lot of us that would. Because the people who shape these conversations on ESPN, they're focused on L.A., LeBron. I love drama, too. They're focused on what's going on with San Francisco staff and the Warriors. Which I under... And you know what you know what sucks about? They're like, oh, it always drags in more ratings, more ratings, more clicks, more clicks, more... Th-. And it's like, but if you don't ever push out the other shit and even get your fewer clicks, there's people like us, and there's a lot of real basketball fans that are like, this is this yeah. is fluffy bullshit drama reality show stuff, which I love. But those writers and people covering the game at a national level, Stephen A. Smith, they're not sit, staying up to watch the Nuggets play. Okay, they're just yeah, not. Yeah. They'll watch him if he's in Philly taking on Embiid and it's forced down their throat. They have to watch it on ABC. They're not paying close enough attention because if you play close enough attention, you would see that this is a beyond special special brand of basketball. Mm-hmm. But then if you want to talk about just storylines, well, stop being lazy. I mean, you talk about Jokic and what he has done winning the last two MVPs, by the way. Michael Malone, who started his career with the Warriors. He left, goes to Sacramento, blown out after a year and a half, has been in Denver for eight seasons molding this team, and they stayed patient with him to develop this team into what it is. Jamal Murray, who was playing out of his mind out in the bubble, mind. right? Torn ACL. Mm. Him coming back the from that. Comeback. What he's doing in the conference, what he did in the conference finals, Say Morgan, it. 32 and a half points, Ooh. 6.3 rebounds, 5.3 assists. He did on 52% shooting, 40% from three on 37 attempts, and over 90% from the free throw line. That's 50, 40, 90 in four games of a conference finals. That's ridiculous. And the comeback story. Michael Porter Jr. Dude. How many back surgeries? Like three of them. Three. Oh, and some personal stuff going on in his life. His yep. younger brother got arrested yeah. for murder. Yep. Like, a lot of shit going down. A lot, a lot of adversity yeah, is hitting, yeah, yeah. and that is a story. That is something that people want to hear about. And even if it's not going to get you your two million clicks that a LeBron article would get, I don't, I don't care as a as a basketball fan and someone who just loves the game. Talk about these people that are winning and winning and have compelling stories. You have the access. And you're telling me that if ESPN didn't show a little passion behind 
watching one of those games instead of like early in the season. Hey, the Lakers have lost five in a row now. Oh What's God. going on with Westbrook if they spent a few minutes talking about, hey, the Denver Nuggets are doing this. The Sacramento Kings, are you kidding me, are doing this. They shape the conversation. Yep. They can help change this if they really want to. Dude, the the posts that were coming out after one of those Lakers Nuggets game uh, where it was like, Ugh. Sports Center put out, look at Austin Reeves' reaction after the free throw or something. And someone's like, why aren't we just showing Jamal uh, Murray highlights? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? It's, what are we doing? It's ridiculous. Very inter- That was very interesting. And I, you know me, I love drama. Love drama. But like, this is also something that has... It has this league has the best players in the world and the best teams in the world. And you're seeing them perform at a very magical, special level, something that we haven't ever seen before, right? The game is better than ever with, uh, and it's different. It's evolved. Some people might disagree and be like, I like a post game. Okay, well, great. Whatever this game, the teams that we're seeing at this level play right now, it is something magical that we are all witnessing. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us tonight. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed as well. Let's uh, get to some of the comments in the YouTube feed, Morgan. What up, party people? S.A. Carpenter, Denver's dominant local cable network, hasn't shown the Nuggets games locally in two or three seasons. That eliminates the casual local fans from seeing the games conveniently. Has to affect exposure. Yeah, I think they got that worked out, but that definitely impacted things, especially in Denver. But, you know, they were still on national TV. I just don't think they got the same kind of love, especially when, like, literally, the, the guy who just won the last two MVPs before this year is on the team. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, too. Off Topic says, Joker looks more agile this year. Joker is now in fast-forward mode. Yeah, if it was like... Um, I, I'm trying to think of what speed he would be in because it's not fast-forward mode. It's not that fast. He moves at his own speed. Is it fast it, for no, Jokic? No, he's just like in in uh, like normal time. <laughs> uh, definitely not fast forward. Not not even slowed down. I mean, if anything, more that that way. Yeah. What's up, Desire? Appreciate you being here. What's up, Shane? Uh, Patrick, who do you both see winning this series? It's it's hard looking at this series with. Boston and Miami and not being a prisoner of the moment. Yeah. Cause like right now momentum hits and you're thinking Boston's going to come back and yeah. change history. Well, I just think they're good enough. Make history, I guess. Right. Like, yeah, we, you don't usually see a team as talented as Boston go down three Oh to an eight seed. Like we, this is uncharted territory in the NBA. What Miami has done in this playoff run, uncharted territory so you almost have to throw everything out the window. It's a different league. It's a different game. Boston is more than talented enough to win four in a row. I'm still going to go with the Heat. Okay. I just, you know, I just, um, maybe deep down, that's what my heart wants. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to enjoy it no matter who matches up against the Denver Nuggets. But I feel like it would be more exciting, I think, against Celtics. Celtics Nuggets would be more exciting. Yes. 
I'm just gonna say I think. Don't don't you dare say that. You don't know what the Again, heat would look this like. This is not a disrespect to my I know no, I know, all. I know. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I know it's a matchup thing. It's a, um, from what we've seen with their flaws and everything. And right now, Denver Nuggets are sitting at home watching all their flaws and weaknesses and going, ha okay, we get to game plan a lot more right now. I understand all those things and we get rest but at the same time i just there's been so many moments with this heat squad where i'm like not gonna doubt them not gonna doubt them yeah i don't think anyone should doubt them they just have to win one they just gotta win and we've seen jimmy and that crew accomplish some pretty amazing things Mm -hmm. so i don't know just enjoy the ride we need basketball to just i need more games the season's gonna be over soon and then summer league and then we have nothing until Early October. Like a month and a no half. No NBA basketball. For like a month and a half, right? I, yeah, uh, sure. But I mean, that's a long time when you're used to watching games almost every I know. I don't want to talk about it because I think, I honestly think I get like uh, seasonal, what is that? Seasonal depression? Or it's just a hangover emotionally from a long season. I felt that last yeah. year and I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> we need to dive more into WNBA this year too. I know. And we said that last year and we did a little bit more. But I would appreciate doing it again. And by the way, um, WNBA League Pass, only 25 bucks for the season if anyone's looking to support and just nice. catch more games. Nice, nice, nice. We should mention that tonight's podcast is presented by a New York Times bestselling author. She's the one and only T.R. Reagan. What are you shaking your head I, about? I'm laughing for two things. One, happy birthday, T.R. Reagan. It's her birthday tomorrow, May 26th. Wow. Happy 75th birthday. Oh, you're going to get killed. She's not 70. She's 64. 64 tomorrow. Are we sure? Yeah. Positive. Okay. Um, Something fun. I went and got a Manny and Petty with uh, this crazy author lady today. And right now she's actually writing a new book with Amazon and it's a standalone and she's having this tough time, like just getting her, her brain going and everything. We no joke. 
went to University of Art, got a giant piece of poster board, and brainstormed for three hours today. I'm talking all about murders. I'm talking about who's killing who, why they killing, what their motive is, going over descriptions. I had so much fun, but I'm sorry, you're not going to get that personal touch with uh tr reagan but you can read her books and you can read you know some of my brainstorming that goes into these books and you'll enjoy so make sure to go to amazon.com search tr reagan what are you a co-author now or uh, you know i'm, I'm kind, of, kind of going in that direction considering myself uh i should get some of the money she gets for these <laughs> books now well make sure you uh, check out her books on amazon uh, buckle up they're insane disgusting yeah and they're, but they're fun to read. They it's are. It's a great summer read, huh? For a psychotic mind of yeah. hers, yeah, they actually are really fun to read. So go check them out. We also want to make sure if you're listening to us later on Spotify or the Apple Podcast Store, make sure you drop us a review. Make sure you drop us a five-star review. It just helps our audio channel continue to grow. And, of course, we're dropping content on YouTube every single day. YouTube.com slash at Deuce and Mo. We're also presented today by Joey Reagan over at Lion Real Estate, another one of Morgan's relatives. I know. The uh, Reagans love being a part of this. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, especially in the Sacramento area, Joey is your guy. He is such a great communicator. He's very passionate about this area, and he can make sure you find the home of your dreams. Yeah, he has, you know, people calling him from the podcast. He's helped podcast listeners out before. He's just a pure Sacramentan, a true Kings fan, someone who I've never heard scream so loud at Kings games and lose his voice every single time he goes. So make sure if you are looking to buy or sell your home, you hit up Joey. Yeah, hit him up, jreagan.golion.com, jreagan.golion.com. You can also call or text him at 916-412-4592. That's 916-412-4592. Appreciate everyone's support of the Deuce and Mo podcast. All right, Morgan Reagan. Yep. Shams dropped a little news today that was intriguing. Ew. What What do you do? Are we going to say goodbye flopping? Goodbye flopping. F proceed. Don't. You didn't flop. That was good. That was good. I was a little. That hurts. Was that a real flop? Or was that a flop? I mean, a real flop. Shit. <laughs> You're an idiot. That's so stupid. Shams reports today the NBA's competition committee is discussing potential of in-game penalties for flops that would... Oh, good. We're going to try reading that sentence again, yeah, huh? my mouth got a little dry. Really? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? Sham says the NBA's competition committee is discussing the potential of using an in-game penalty for flops that would result in a technical foul free throw. A trial is possible at Summer League in July. Love it. Do it. Let's go. Let's see it. Questions. So many questions, though. So if it's an in-game flop, do they have to review it as a flop or they just like use their eyes? Boom. Let's go. Yes. That's a flop. Team uh, up. Boom. That. Okay. That's it. Oof. And I think that's, it's gotten out of hand. Mm. I mean, it's really out of hand at this point in time. And it's not just defensively. We're talking about how often we're seeing offensive players fall down on jump shots. 
Yeah. Oh. And not just three-point shooters. Like, Bam's falling down on mid-range jumpers now. I'm like, Bam, what, what are we doing here? Yeah. There, there's too much flopping. I think it's been more apparent in the playoffs. Who do you think it hurts most? Uh, probably Joel Embiid, James mm-hmm. Harden. James Harden, for sure. LeBron? Chris yeah. Paul? Uh, LeBron? LeBron? Steph? Definitely. Steph? Oh, my God. Steph, yes. Love Steph, but yes. A little Jokic in there, too. Throw a little Jokic in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's, you know, but I, then I think of someone like Kyle Lowry. And I go to him because I think he does a fantastic job, obviously, taking charges. Oof. And But, like, where are they going to draw the line where a charge is a flaw? But a charge also is supposed to be exaggerated. Yeah, you know? I, I think there you can... You can judge be the difference between a flop and, a, and a, yeah, and taking a charge. Yeah, sacrificing your body. You're in be, the you're in the position. But even if you take a small hit, you're supposed to fall back. Safety, fall back. And not only safety. I mean, that's usually that's the way you get the call too. So, um, yeah, these officials have a lot to study. <laughs> could could you imagine if a player got ejected for flopping? Picked up his second technical. It's like late in the game. Tee him up. You're gone. They would never do that. And I know you say they would never do that, but like that's the shit that needs to happen to be like, no, look, we don't, we're not doing this whole, oh, we gave Luca one technical, so we can't, we can't give him another because that would be bad for the NBA if we had to throw him out. Throw his ass out if he's complaining, if he's flopping. I'm done. Be fair. It's more fair to the game getting his ass out of there. I think the other thing that these NBA players need to do is during the offseason, we talk about them being back in the gym. No, I'm going down to Florida, meeting up with WWE or AEW. I'm learning how to take bumps. I'm take, I am learning to sell the right way. You know when a wrestler is able to sell. It, it tricks you. Wait, that guy true. looks like he got punched in the face. He sold it. Is he really hurt? He oh my sold God. It. Like I, I out the stretcher. I could be a master flopper if I wanted to. No. I could so You want to know why you couldn't? You're so, you're like a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> like with everything you do. Like for example, for example, Deuce, uh, he said he went to the dentist today and he's like, yeah, yeah oh man, my, I saw him like, like hours later, He's like, yeah, I'm still numb. I'm like, no way. And he's like, yeah, look how I can't smile. And he's lifting up the wrong muscles, the muscles that he's sh- trying to prove to me why he's numb and can't smile and all these things. And I'm just like, you can't even fake out this moment. And then we just saw the way that you flopped when I did that. You're very just like cartoony, exaggerating. You would need a lot of help and you would need to go to Florida to get some of this WWE flopping help. So, just to be clear, yes, me I, not being able to pull off <laughs> some sort of acting with my face because compares to me being able to flop on the basketball. There's floor. these physical movements oh, in okay. there that you okay. should, and you have to use some facial expressions when you're also flopping. When WWE wrestlers sell, they also do facial expressions. When a lot of these NBA NBA guys try and sell, it's like way too much. They need help. They definitely need maybe help. like Leonardo DiCaprio can teach them some no. like acting skills, not no. just flopping skills. No, but uh, going to WWE or AEW would help that taking the bumps the right way. Or how about they just stop flopping it, and play basketball? Without 
We're thinking of all the things they're yeah. going to do. We know how NBA players work. They go, okay, if that's not going to work, this is I'm going to find a way around it. I don't think they're going to go that far, though. Are you fine with this rule? I it... am absolutely, but I, but this is this is deuce deuce. Yeah. If this rule is not fair and the same for everybody, I am done. I am not. You know how I feel about equality across the league with these players. And it's just such bullshit. Some guys being able to go off on officials and some guys not. I cannot stand that. I do not want to see that next season. Well, that's going to happen. It's the NBA. It is. Fix it. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> A couple of people in the chat. Steven says, going to WWE to learn how to take bumps is so spot on. Macho Man Ric Flair were the best bump takers in modern history. Yeah, Ric Flair. So spot on. Selling the face flop to the ground was the best. Monica says, as for challenges, if oh, sorry. uh, Going to be tough calling flopping in real time. Yes, certain players are known for, but replay shows more. Will they resort to replay or a challenge? Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be able to challenge if they didn't call a flop, I think you would be able to challenge if they called a flop and you're like, no, he did not flop. Go look at it. Oh, which I think that's a waste of a challenge. These, these coaches don't know how to use challenges. You use the challenge at the end of the game. That is the whole purpose is not to prove to your guy that you got his back. It's not to um, make sure that someone doesn't get their third foul in the second quarter. None of those, none of those. It is at the end of the game when you need it most, when it's when it's a close game. And guess what? If it's not a close game, sure, use it on some random play at the end of the game. At the end of the game. Blake says, oh, man, nothing worse than getting called for flopping, and you weren't actually trying to flop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know what, man? I, I feel like this is going to impact offensive players more. You know, like like the James Harden just falling down every single yeah, time. Yeah, like trying to you know just exaggerate contact, fall into the ground. I that's at least what I hope. Yeah, thinking about that kind of makes me scared now for defensive players, though. I just I do think about yeah. taking charges. I do think about when a guy rips the ball through, and they're like, ah, <laughs> that, that's the sound they make. They're like Toad. Oh, get rid of that. Yeah, I'm with you. A couple of Kings-related notes, Morgan. Yeah. It's draft time, so you know what that means. We have rumors galore, and you don't really need to believe anything you read, to be honest. Why? Well, Jake Fisher over at Bleacher Report, I love reading his stuff. I feel like he drops a lot of rumors. Ooh. just is fun. You know, it doesn't mean they come true, but as we were talking about, sometimes that's juicy. Like, oh, what's going to happen this offseason? The other stuff. Rumors. According to Jake Fisher over at Yahoo Sports, the Kings are a team to monitor leading up to the 2023 NBA draft as a club that might be trading their first-round pick. Sacramento holds the 24th pick in the first round and holds the 38th and 54th overall picks in the second round. The willingness to trade the 24th pick, along with additional assets, is tied to the organization's desire to build a stronger core to challenge for the Western Conference and the lack of depth outside of the lottery picks. Well, I guess that's not really a surprise. And I know we have not taken the deep dive yet into draft prospects, especially all those players that are going to be in the Kings range, potentially. Yeah. Which is a lot of guys. I would not be surprised if they traded it. Also, I just love trade rumors because this one is so vague. It, it, the Kings are a team to monitor. 
that they might be trading their first round pick. I mean, what are you supposed to write about this time, right? And so he's just like, hey, I heard a little nugget. I'm going to put down the words that I heard. A team to monitor. Um, the verbiage yeah. in this time is always so fun, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it, it's sometimes not telling at all. It sometimes just state, states the obvious. And sometimes it's just like people are talking behind the scenes and this was just dropped out of somewhere. The other Kings note, Jordy Fernandez continues to be in the conversation for the Raptors and the Suns head coaching job. I don't know that he's going to get either one, but what does it say to you about the fact that he's getting some like deep look, not just interviews. It seems like he's making into the second round of some of these conversations. I love it. I mean, you, you, you see him before games. He knows everyone. He knows everyone. He knows everyone. And um, it's he's such a great person. And seeing the way, seeing the uh, behind the scenes in Summer League mm -hmm. and seeing how he coaches, how he talks to his guys, how he connects with his guys. Why, I mean, why, why can't he be next, right? I just want it to be, of course, you want this for anyone that you like. I want it to be the right situation for him. And I want him to succeed. Are those the teams that you go and succeed? Well, it's usually losing franchises anyway that you're trying to, as a new coach, trying to get a job with. So it's going to be tough. You're going to see your challenges. It really depends on what type of organization they have. And yeah. if you look at the Raptors organization, like, it's not bad. Yeah, and I think Jordy is smart enough to to know what would be a great situation for him. And it, it, But I also think, like, a lot of people look at the Suns' job, and that's a daunting task, right? I know you have Booker right. and KD, but it's like, all right, KD going to stay healthy. What are they going to be able to fit around those guys. What's happening with DeAndre Ayton? There's a lot of pressure to win there. The young owner. I feel like Jordy could handle that still. It doesn't mean it'd be successful for them as, you know, are they going to win championship and that's the ultimate goal? But I think Jordy's ready for any of these jobs. I really do. I think you could put him in a, a situation with stars. I think he can communicate with these guys. You, it's not he's that. A, it... He's a very smart guy. He's very good at uh, his communication skills and he knows the game. It's not that I don't, trust his ability because I agree with you on all those parts. It's truly when I say, depending on the organization, I just want good things to happen sure. to good people. And I hate when someone else can control the narrative and, or your reputation, um, or what you do because of things that are happening at the top or the roster construction that you have no control over. That's all. I just want the best for him. Either way, he's probably not going to be in Sacramento long. If it's I not know. this offseason, next offseason. I know. I know. I I understand that, and I think we're going to see that a lot more with the Kings' success. That's just what happens with sure. these coaching staffs. And um, it, as, it, as it keeps happening, be ready for things to change. And that's why, why do you think we say during every single little good moment with the Kings, enjoy the ride. You never know when it's going to be over. And not to say that sometimes it can't get better. It can't evolve um, when things change. But yeah, all good things got to come to an end. Morgan, to end the show tonight, I was going to try something that might be a complete failure. And it's something I told you the other day that we would do. 
we're just shooting the shit. Yeah. I'm I just done. figured I'm going to throw it out there. Love random stuff. So if you're not, are you guys familiar with chat GPT? I'm sure some of you yes. are. Uh, very mixed feelings on it, but look, AI is going to take us over, <laughs> so you might as well just embrace it and, and guide them, you know, guide them along Be the way. Be their friend. Just boom, it's it's done. So I figured, why not ask it a Kings-related question? I'm going to ask Chat GPT okay. a, to give me a would you rather involving the Sacramento Kings, a fun I'm going to type it out now. Okay. Okay. As and you, we can we can all debate this if it's good. As you type it, um, I just, yeah, just make sure that they're like, yeah, they're going to be clean and good, right? They're not going to be weird. Chat GTP. <laughs> what do you think they're going to say? It's a king's would you uh, rather. I love AI. I'm would sorry. You I'm rather, sorry. Would you rather murder Jerry yeah. Fox? <laughs> no. What are you saying? Who would you rather push off a cliff? Okay. Would. Okay. I'm gonna say, give me a, give me a tough and fun. <laughs> uh, would you rather scenario? Okay. Involving the Sacramento Kings. Would. You Someone rather. says, "Are you guys in candlelight?" Nah, these are our night chat chill yeah. vibes. That's all. Uh. Okay. Okay. I'm typing it. <laughs> wow. My Whoa. thumbs are not working. Yeah. Well what the hell? <laughs> do you need okay. me to type it give me a tough and fun would you rather <laughs> scenario involving the sacramento okay. kings let's see what it comes up with okay certainly here's a tough and fun would you rather scenario involving the sacramento kings okay would you rather have the sacramento kings miraculously acquire a three-time traveling i'm sorry acquire a time traveling device that allows them to bring back a legendary Kings player from the past, such as Chris Weber or Peja Stojakovic, to join the current team, but only for a single season, or have the entire Kings roster gain superhuman basketball abilities, enabling them to perform gravity-defying dunks, lightning-fast crossovers, and mind-boggling plays, but without the assistance of any past players. No, no, no. What? Well, here's the thing. If they were... If they were freaking space jam monsters or whatever with their superpowers everyone'd be like they can't be in the league like th that's that's unfair so i would want the time travel machine to bring back peja because and i love chris weber obviously but i want peja shooting with so the squad just to be clear everyone be upset about you having technology to make super human players but they'd be cool with your time ta traveling machine that brings back a legendary player in his prime yeah no. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because we wouldn't call him Peja. We'd be like, oh, it's just Peja's other kid that looks just like Peja, or it's Peja's cousin. No, it's, no, it's Peja. No, 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 no. Doppelganger. <laughs> Let's just like him. <laughs> I, I think you would have to go the superhuman ones with all that because, look, even if you brought back Peja or Chris Webber, what, Chris Weber, I mean, is he going to stay healthy? Can you can you tell me that? But, but is Peja going to is everyone going to be good? Then the, the the if we're going basketball sense here and like going which one's going to win you a championship, then yeah. of course you go with the superpowers. That's a stupid would you well, rather. Okay, That's so, like but, oh, don't want to piss off AI. Yeah. I, that was so good. I, I love that we're like, "Hey AI, you're stupid for coming up with this scenario in 0.2 seconds." 
That was such a good one. I'm saying give me another ah. one. All right, last one. Okay. Here's another tough and fun would you rather scenario involving the Sacramento Kings. Would you rather have the Sacramento Kings win a thrilling seven-game playoff series against their longtime rivals, the Lakers, securing a spot in the finals, but ultimately lose the championship in heartbreaking fashion, or have the Kings dominate the regular season with the best record in the league, but get eliminated in the first round of the playoffs by a lower-seeded team? Wait, wait, wait. I mean, I think you go... Both of these sound really heartbreaking, but getting to the finals is the one. Yeah, and I that know. was really good to come up with in two <laughs> seconds and everything. Well, let, let the AI explain it. Okay. <laughs> this scenario presents a challenging decision between okay. the excitement of a deep playoff run with the intense rivalry and the satisfaction of a dominant regular season. Consider the emotional roller coaster of a playoff series against the Lakers or the disappointment of an early playoff exit despite regular season success. You, you take that. I mean, you take the first one. Yeah, you want to go to the finals. Break my heart in the finals. I don't. I don't. I had. A, I've had a first round exit recently. Now you got another one. One more. Okay. Yeah. One yeah. More. I like it. They, yeah. You got it. It's got to be a little bit more equal. Okay. Here's one. Would you rather have the Kings sign a future Hall of Fame player who brings immediate success and leads the team to multiple championships? Oh but has a larger-than-life ego and garners significant media attention, or how the Kings could cultivate a roster of hardworking, team-oriented players who consistently make deep playoff runs and compete for championships, never quite reaching the pinnacle of winning at all. Okay, okay. Again, it's... You- it, well, 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 can I just give a little bit of a, a little bit of a counter to that? As, as someone that covers the team up close and it's like you get to know personalities it wouldn't be as fun it would still be great it would it would make everything better because you're winning championships yeah yeah you're always like god with this asshole we're winning championships no it's true a future hall of fame talent winning multiple championships so that's almost describing lebron james would you not he's an asshole egotistical like he didn't say the I did not say no, asshole, Morgan. That's, that's what they're saying. What future Hall of Famer who wins multiple championships doesn't have a larger-than-life ego? All these guys have egos. Are you what about kidding? Steph? Steph still has an ego. But, uh, come Steph on. is dropping light the beam after dropping 50 on the Kings in that's Game like, 7. That's just like a competitive oh, thing. Okay. That's like okay. a throwing it in your face kind of thing. That's not an ego. An ego is like, you know, the mean people off the court. I hate mean people. I mm. hate mean people. And I hate I hate rooting for mean people. I hate, like, mean players. I hate rooting for them. But, yeah, I guess you just go for the freaking championships. But it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't fulfill me. <laughs> go for the champions. You want one more? Just want yeah, one. yeah, now All I right, do. Okay. Final one. Okay. We're not going to exhaust this one. Yeah, yeah. This might be a new segment we do every once in a while in the offseason. Okay. All right. One. I'm going to say one more. Here we go. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly, sir. Okay. Would you rather have the Sacramento Kings assemble a dream team lineup consisting of current NBA superstars from other teams instantly transforming the Kings into a title contender, but sacrificing the development of the team's young players or have the Kings prioritize player 
development and cultivate a young and talented roster that gradually grows into a championship caliber team over time, that. but faces some initial struggles and setbacks. That, because we talk about how yeah. great, great job, yeah. chat. Um, yes, the second one for sure. Yeah. Because that journey is so much more fulfilling. I mean, look what it's been like after 16 seasons of not making the playoffs and then making the playoffs. Everyone's been on this like crazy high. Yeah. I think coming down from it, there's been talking to people around the city. It's like, wow, I'm depressed. It's over. And it's like, yeah, because now we crave more. Now we want more and we want to we want to get to the next step, the next level. Ugh, second one. I'm picking yes. the second one as well yep. because you can enjoy that journey and you build a deeper connection. I know Lakers fans who... Once LeBron came over, they lost a little connection with the team because yes. LeBron and AD were just kind of there. They didn't come with the team. Even if the Warriors have a whole bunch of bandwagon fans, well, they have fans from back in the day, too, who saw them draft Steph, Clay, Draymond, and saw them deal with the ups and downs and then grow into what they have become yep. as one of the best teams ever. And just speaking of, of like a young core and kind of screwing with that, um, did you see the other day that Rob Polinka said something like, we're going to find a way to keep this, you know, young core together or whatever. And Kyle Kuzma retweeted it and said, ha ha, heard that one before. I saw that, but I don't think the quote you've read is completely accurate. What you just cited was accurate. Oh, sorry. Did no, I? No, because I, it says our the quote intentions was, yeah, are to keep our core of young guys together. That's base. I basically said that. No, because this is what I told people and this we can rewind about. Back to the trade deadline before Sabonis was here. Yeah. And everything the Kings were putting out there in reports or whoever was getting from sources within Sacramento said, you know, they're not intending to trade Fox or Halliburton. And I said at the time, intentions. Look, I don't intend to hit Morgan. Uh, Deuce, but you've done that change. three times and my shoulder hurts. <laughs> but things change. Yeah, you know they do. I mean? <laughs> things change. I don't intend to do it. I did it. I don't intend don't. to back up into another car in the parking lot. But sometimes it happens. That, yeah, I know. And I. Things change. I understand. A little dramatic on all these things, but I understand what you're trying to refer to when people use the verbiage intentions in their quote. Yeah. And Kuz says, he heard that before. Yeah. Well, and things change, man. And things it also, change, Kuz. It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Anything a GM says publicly, are we going to hold him to that? Like, that's what he 100% means? No, it's all a game. Like, this is, they all put stuff out there. Yeah. Of, what's he going to say? Yeah. We're blowing it up. No, and he's probably asked the question, context yeah. matters, all those things. My, I'm not even talking about that. I was just more talking about, um, the young core being broken up and you talking about the Lakers and what they formed into and now it won them a championship. But at the same time thinking about, I I knew people who were excited to grow with Brandon yeah. Ingram with Lonzo and, Lonzo, yeah. and uh, yeah. So it's things change. That's, yeah. that wasn't their intentions. I love we, we try to end on a really nice Kings chat GPT and you wanted to bring up the Lakers for some reason. I I was bringing up Kuz. Just like the national media. You're just like the Because he's so compelling. Media. He's on that new You're soda like commercial. They love the drip. He's wearing all of his different outfits. Ugh, love it. Well, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight. Make sure to hit the thumbs up button on your way out. Make sure you're subscribed as well as we chase 12,000 subs. We love you guys so, so, so much, but we...
Got to go. You're all badass for being here. We'll see you later. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo, Deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.